Jesus Culture Podcast. This week, you asked for it, you got it, more bunny talk. Kim Walker-Smith joins the podcast to talk about emotions. Oh, and she also brings in the first baby ever on the podcast. And speaking of babies, we'll also talk with a man who did something radical after being confronted by his pro-abortion critics in front of the Supreme Court. All that and much more on the all-new Jesus Culture Podcast. Welcome to the Jesus Culture Podcast, episode number four. I am Banning Leapshire, pastor of Jesus Culture, joined by Becky Johnson, who's the co-host of the podcast. Great to have you with us today. Episode four is the first podcast of 2018. We pre-record these, so I wasn't even thinking about that. I know, I know. We do pre-record them. And Becky, let's we we pre-record them, but usually not this far in advance. Yeah. Uh, so Becky, why are we pre-recording? Yeah, because it's like August 2017. <laughs> not quite that early, but but we're actually having to pre-record a bunch of these things because because I am having a baby. I'm real time. I'm due tomorrow. So I'm having a baby any day now. And so I'm going to be out for a little bit. So when this episode airs, Mm -hmm. you are going to, which by the way, January 8th is Elvis's birthday today. That's a little side note. Uh, Because it's my sister's birthday too. And so you just know it's, are you not a big Elvis fan? (laughs) Happy birthday, Elvis and my sister. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, so you're gonna have a baby by now. Yep. You have a sweet little baby boy that hopefully you've changed your mind and decided to name him Banning. Banning Jr. I know you've you've <laughs> named your boy and it's a cool name and everything. It's just and and it actually came from a dream too, didn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. if God gave you a dream, then yeah. that's the only way I would be okay that you don't name him Banning Jr. <laughs> if he usurps that dream with another dream in which I name him Banning Jr. By tomorrow, Father, <laughs> I just ask right now. So you're going to have a baby. What's it, uh, you know, for all of the people out there that can relate or can't relate, mm-hmm. uh, this last few days are always like, feel like a year. Every oh day feels like a month of yeah. waiting. My friend texted me. She said, do you want to kill everybody yet? I oh, said, gosh. definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, but that's kind of every day. I, well, so <laughs> she needs like, to ask uh, you. Nothing new. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's pregnancy and not pregnancy. So are you excited about the baby coming? I am. I'm pretty excited. It's been, our daughter's four and a half. I didn't realize how much out of baby mode we were in until I was watching some home videos last night, actually. And she was about one and a half and she was just crying randomly in like in the middle of the kitchen floor as I was cooking dinner. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. They just cry randomly. Oh, it's diapers and binkies and up at night and not knowing what the need is. Exactly. And I kind of had this rush of panic. I was like, Derek, do we know? I mean, it's too late, right? The baby's, I'm nine months pregnant, but we're getting back into this. Yeah. Every kid's so different too. I mean, our first kid was like, you know, stay up late, sleep in super easy. Our second kid, eight o'clock on the dot would go to bed, waked up, woke up every morning at 5.45 a.m. And even as she got older, she'd put herself to bed at eight. We'd all be sitting down as a family and she'd be four and she'd be like, I'm going to bed now and we'd go upstairs <laughs> and go to bed at eight. So yeah, every kid's so different, but we're excited. We can't wait. Yeah. We'll make sure when the baby comes to post pictures on Abs- the JC podcast. Absolutely. We're going to post pictures of the baby bunnies and we're going to post pictures of the, the real baby. When this episode airs, there's not just going to be a new little human baby. There's going to be baby bunnies too. I told your wife, I said, if your bunny has her babies before I have mine. It I'm, may happen. I'm going to be mad. My wife called, my <laughs> wife texted me today. If you've been on the bunny 
Lee Saga with us. I apologize. Every once in a while, you're like, I'm turning in here. I, I'm tuning into the podcast. This is Jesus Culture. It's got the name Jesus in the title. This is going to enrich my I'm life. I'm assuming there's going to be some spiritual growth. I'm assuming I'm going to draw closer to Jesus and my walk is going to be strengthened. And you get random dogs and bunny talk. Yeah. I don't know what to say. But my wife texted me today and it's like, Banning. Willow is the bunny's name. She's pulling her hair out. I'm like, what does that mean? The babies are coming wide. She's making a nest. Oh my gosh. That's not random. So, so anyways. That, so back to the point. That's why we're recording so early. So yes. it's actually the first episode of 2018. Well, happy new year to everybody. Yes. It's really great to have all of you with us. We really have a great, great episode. We're going to be hearing from our very own Kim Walker Smith, mm-hmm. who owes most of her spiritual life to me. <laughs> she would say that, yes, definitely. Uh, I don't know I'm if sure. she's ever said that, but can I say that for her? Absolutely. I tell her that any success she has in life, I take credit for. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which is kind of blasphemous too in some way. But uh, we're excited to sit down and hear Kim. She had some great stuff just to talk about uh, just emotions and kind of walking throughout type of stuff as well. uh, Again, one of my favorite things, the people doing the stuff. Mm -hmm. But before all that, one of my favorite things as we roll into the new year, it just means that our conference is coming up. We have a conference every year in Sacramento, uh, California, and in Manchester, England, in the UK. And uh, it's not too late. It's January 8th. It's more of our favorite speakers. We're going to let you hear a promo pretty quick. But it, it always feels it's so significant what God does in these times together. We're going to be recording our latest album. I've been listening to the songs, and they are so good. We're going to be recording our latest album at the Sacramento Conference. And we've got some new stuff coming in. We're going to be partnering with Q Conference. They're going to be doing a Q pop-up in the afternoons in both Sacramento and Manchester. And some of my favorite speakers. Bill Johnson will be there. Lisa Bevere in Sacramento. Sean Bowles. We just had on the podcast. Rebecca Lyons. Gabe Lyons. And then uh, Lisa will be with us in Manchester. As well as Ben Fitzgerald. Alan Scott. It's going to be amazing over there. Really excited about So listen, if you have a chance, man, drive in, grab an airline ticket. Yes. Come to Sacramento. Come to Manchester. I really believe that God wants to do something significant as we gather for those three days at each place. And it's just a really powerful time of encountering the Lord, being equipped, going deeper, and really just joining with people of such a similar heart, mm-hmm. just to go after God to really see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit as well as being effective in every area of our lives to bring transformation. So I, I love these times. I just so look forward to them. And come say hi because we love, we oh, love yes. listening or meeting our listeners. Yes. Just at church last Sunday, somebody came up to me, older gentleman, and he, with the most sophisticated accent, he said, I listen to the podcast yep. from, from, I don't know how many, from kilometers away, he said. Yes, jeez. From kilometers away, he said, you do an e- you guys do an excellent job. We love it over there. Fantastic. I from across the pond. So maybe he'll be... We got our little Manchester. secret thing. I'm one of the 52. When you're one of the 52, we are family. It's immediate family. Immediate, immediate family. Bond. So you know come. If you come to a conference in Sacramento or Manchester, make sure you come and find us. And uh, we'd love to hang out and see you. We won't be streaming the Sacramento Conference. You got to come to that. We will be streaming the Manchester Conference. So, so listen, we want to let you know about this. Listen to this promo. Podcast listeners, we want to see you at our Jesus Culture Encounter Conference in 2018. We are reserving 52 special seats just for you. Come hang out with us in Manchester, UK, or in Sacramento, California. Register at encounter18.com with the code JCPodcast and you'll get some VIP attention 
plus special reserved seating just for you, our podcast family. Again, register at Encounter18.com with the code JCPODCAST. Before we jump into the interview with Kim, which again was so good. Mm. Uh, I loved it because as we sat there, you just relate so much to uh, <laughs> what she's saying. It's so true. It was funny. You're like, so before we started recording, you're like, Kim, we brought you on to talk about emotions. She was like, what the? I know. I know. You know well, Kim, listen. She is just, she is so She just feels passionate. so deeply. She feels so deeply in it's funny because uh, we mentioned this in the interview, but you know, there's a handful of people I've walked a long time with. She's one of them. She was 18. So I've seen her in her adult life really grow and mature and how she interacts with life. And so we've been through a lot. So it's always really enjoyable to sit down and interview and just kind of hear and just the depth of what God's uh, done in her, revealed to her, what she's walked through. Really cool. It's really good. I think it'll really bring some encouragement to you. And we also get to hear right now from one of my good friends, Randy Bolander, who is one of the people who's doing the stuff. And I, I mention this every podcast. One of the reasons why we've simplified some things because I just want to bring people to you that inspire you, that encourage you, and that, quite frankly, challenge you. Uh, because I'm convinced we're called to change the world, but sometimes we need somebody to put a little fire in us and say, listen, get out there and do the stuff. What has God put on your heart? What's he placed? Take one step forward. That's what Andy mentioned in the last podcast. Just take one step forward and uh, be going after it. And when God's placed something on your heart, it means that you're to be part of the solution that God is showing you. And really, that's what Randy has done. I love his story, which you're going to hear about in starting an adoption agency. So I was able to sit down with Randy recently, and this is our talk. Well, what an honor and privilege today to be able to sit down with somebody, and maybe I say this about everybody, I'm not sure, but I only bring you people that very much have inspired me and challenged me, who I believe are just the real deal. And today, I get to sit down with Randy Bolander, who is a friend, somebody that's going to be coming out with us to our conference here in Sacramento. And uh, really gracious that you would take time to sit down with us today, Randy. Thanks for doing that. Oh, glad to be with you guys. Randy, the reason you're on our podcast right now, outside of just being awesome, is that you have started an organization called Zoe's House Adoption Agency. Uh, when I heard this story, I was stirred. Um, uh, you know, our heart very much uh, around this issue of modern day orphans and foster care and adoption agency. And one of the reasons why you're coming out with us is because of this story. But I, I just thought, my heart was so stirred when I heard your story. I thought, man, I, we got to let our podcasters hear about this. So you're currently a pastor, but even before you were a pastor, you started Zoe's House Adoption Agency. Can you tell us that story? Tell us why you started yeah. that, how you got there. Well, it's, you know, it's like so many things that you end up doing in ministry or business or whatever. It, you didn't mean to when you got started. It just ended up being where you, where the Lord took you. And, uh, Years ago, we were in Washington, D.C., uh, working with Lou Engle and Bound for Life and praying for the lives of the unborn, just that the Lord would highlight that to people, that there'd be a, a rise in national consciousness about the, uh, the atrocity of abortion. And in doing that, uh, somebody who was very pro-abortion challenged us 
And, you know, sometimes your critics actually have a point. We're kind of geared to tune out critics, oh. but sometimes they say things that make sense. And uh, We should have a whole podcast just on that right there. <laughs> yeah, sometimes your critics have a point. Okay, so continue. So somebody talk to you about this. Right, we're praying for the unborn silently. We're not holding signs or protesting or anything. And this guy yells at us, what are you going to do if you win? What are you going to do with the babies that will be born? And uh, I couldn't get away from that. Like, I went home and I thought about it and thought about it. And, you know, three to 4,000 babies a day have their lives ended through abortion. But if we get what we're asking for and we win, that results in three or 4,000 babies that are born. And uh, the church is completely unprepared for that because those will go somewhere, whether it be into the foster care system or they'll be trafficked or they'll be, you know, taken in by families. And so we started praying about that. And for our family, we felt like uh, putting feet to our prayers meant opening our hearts and our home to adoption. At the point, at that point, we had three sons. And so we start exploring uh, and start digging into the information. But it was the scariest thing to publicly say, we, we want to adopt. We want to say yes. To me, it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. It was a little bit like taking my heart out of my chest and laying it on the table and say, does anybody want to take a whack? Because it just felt so vulnerable. Uh, but we said yes to it. And uh, we learned that we were wrong about a lot of things. Uh, a lot of, we thought we'd have to go international, but in reality, we didn't need to. Um, although that's a, certainly a valid thing that some people are called to. But for us, it was about our nation. And it was about saying yes to a child here at home. And so in June of 06, we decided, okay, Lord, we're in. And we had no paperwork filled out, no understanding of what we were doing, and we had no money. When I say I mean no money, I mean like no money. <laughs> and adopt, adoption is very expensive. And we said yes to that. And by October of that year, we got a phone call of a little girl who'd been born in Las Vegas. And they called us and said, uh, there's a little girl here. What do you think? And my heart was was guarded. I said, how many families are you talking to? Because I'd heard all these horror stories where, you know, they're presenting you to uh, with 10 other families or that kind of thing. And I just wanted to know what my heart was getting involved in. And I'll never forget what the social worker said. She said, buddy, if you want her, come and get her. She's yours. And for me, that was the word of the Lord to the church. If you want them, come and get them. You know, if you really want to say end abortion, then you've got to be willing to take in children. And so we flew to Las Vegas and um, got this beautiful little uh, African-American Latino girl. My, my wife and I are white. Uh, and so we bring her home and, you know, we feel like, wow, we've done it. This is amazing. You know, thank you, Lord. This was easier than we thought. Uh, <laughs> and about two years later, about two years later, my wife, Kelsey, is in Florida and she's preaching at a conference with Jesse Engel, uh, Lou's son. And uh, Jesse challenges her and says, you know, you, you need to get ready and do this more. And she kind of laughed at him. But we came home and we decided to start the, the paperwork again. There's a, a home study that you need to go through. So we got the home study ready and it was finished on a Wednesday night. We had no we hadn't talked to anybody. But on a Wednesday night, the home study gets finished. And Thursday morning, a stranger contacts me and says, my sister-in-law just had twin girls in Florida, and we're looking for a Christian family. Do you know anybody who would want them? And so uh, that was Thursday morning. Friday afternoon, we walk out of a hospital in Pensacola, Florida with twin girls. Oh, my gosh. 
This is the Lord. This is the definition of the Lord setting you up. Right, right. I said yes to one. Yeah. And, and so, and so, and even then when I said yes, we'll do the home study again, I thought, well, this will take a while. No, it took about 12 hours. Wow. And so we walked out of the hospital with these beautiful little twin uh, Japanese Thai Caucasian daughters. And uh, we get home with them and we're home about six weeks and we discover we're pregnant which I totally didn't see coming. So we went from three boys to three boys and four girls in about two and a half years. Wow. Uh, over the next couple of years, uh, we ended up adopting another set of twins and then one last little guy. So now we're, we're at 10 children, five boys, five girls, score tied, game over. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I think. Yeah. Um, and so, but in, in the in the midst of all that, in saying yes to adoption and uh, you know yes to what the Lord is calling us to do, we started helping other people who were wanting to adopt because we discovered that this was on a lot of people's hearts, but a lot of them are in a similar situation to us is they just don't know where to start. And so we started raising funds and giving grants because it's really expensive thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars every time, and we didn't have that kind of money. We were missionaries. Uh, we had to raise it. And the Lord was gracious, and we were able to raise it, but we realized people didn't always have that ability. So we started raising funds to give away grants, but that idea kind of evolved, and we started looking at the adoption agency process, and we said, hey, we, we could do this better than those people. And, you know, Manning, you're a little bit like us, and you've got a bit of an entrepreneurial bend, and you you know you can figure out how to do different things. And, and sometimes all it takes is the realization that one person dumber than you has done it. Yeah. And uh, I, I realized, no, people dumber than us have done this. And so we launched Zoe's house with the intention of making adoption doable for Joe Average, who can't go out and raise thirty to $50,000. Yeah. So we raised funds as a nonprofit to kind of pay down the fees and do the adoptions in-house. And our fee uh, is about 7500 which is still not chump change, but it brings it into the doable realm for Joe Average who yeah. wants to give a child a home. Randy, one of the things that a lot of people, you've told me this, it, that ask you in this process, and that I think the church needs to care about and have a heart for, is what about the birth mom? Uh, when people come to you and ask that, uh, which again, I think is a legitimate question that the church has to be aware of, what about the birth mom? What's your answer to that? Oh, it's totally a totally legitimate question. And sadly, how they are treated by the adoption industry uh, it varies widely from agency to agency. If people are talking to an adoption agency about adopting, one of their first questions should be, what kind of care will the mother of my child receive? Because one day you're going to have to look into the eyes of your kids and answer for that. And uh, one of the things that we have tried at Zoe's house is really to offer what we call top tier care. We're actually limited in finances and what we can offer an expectant mom, limited by the law. The law says you can only do so much in the way of, of giving her. You can't give her cash, but you can make sure she has the care that she needs. We try and do all we can by approaching it from uh, what is your five-year plan, not what is your nine-month plan. Let's not try and just get you over the hump of now you're pregnant, now you're not, you're on your own. But let's look at where do you want to be in five years and what can we do now to help get you there? Uh, one of the first birth moms we worked with, when she came to us, she was working at like kind of a, a Dollar Tree store. She was a dropout from high school, just barely struggling by, but she was very bright. And she said, I'd like to go to college. And so while she was expecting, and while we were ministering to her and giving her all the counseling she needed, 
We also worked with her to get a GED and talked to her about this is how you register in college. And about a year later, after she had her baby and, and, and things that she'd kind of gone back on to life, we're in a staff meeting one day and she calls us. We see her phone number come up and we recognize it. We answer it right away because our commitment is we're there as long as you need us. And she called us and said, I'm standing in the office of the dean of my community college, and I just wanted to tell you I finished my first semester, and I got all A's Incredible. in college. Incredible. And her first thought was, was to call our office and tell us, because in her mind, that's where the trajectory changed. So be asking those questions, because those questions need answers, and it's a great opportunity to minister you know, to young women who are in the hardest time of their life and whose lives are every bit as valuable as a baby's. What do your advice be to people? I mean, a lot of people out there, what, whether it's this issue or other issues, uh, they're, they know there's something on their heart, but they're just overwhelmed. They're just, they're scared, they're overwhelmed. Again, when you're talking about this issue with like a kid, this isn't like a car you can take back. <laughs> I, I mean, you're talking about a lifelong commitment you just said yes to. And so what about people out there that are like, man, I want to do something, I just feel overwhelmed or stuck or don't know where, or I'm scared, I'm a little bit scared of saying yes to this because of the ramifications of it. What's your advice to them? Yeah. Well, I would say uh, never underestimate the Lord's ability to increase your capacity. Wow. When you think wow. about what you can do, what you can do right now, what you can say yes to, almost don't worry about where that's going to take you in 10 years. If you would have told me you're going to adopt six I don't know that I would have said yes to one, uh, just because that seems overwhelming. But, but you know, I always say adoptions are like tattoos. You think long and hard about the first one, and then <laughs> after that, you know, the second one's a little easier. By the third one, you're like, what the heck? Why not do this? And, and, and that's how it is. That's how the Lord leads us is, you know, you say yes to something, and then the next yes comes, but you don't have to say yes to the whole thing all at once. You never would. Uh, and so you just say yes to what's in front of you. And um, every every step of the way, you know, had we known what the whole journey was, it was just that would be wow. I don't know if I can say yes to that, but buddy, there's a little girl in in Las Vegas. You know, do you want her? Come and get her. I yeah, I can say yes to that. And so, just say yes to okay. I need more information. Start talking to other families who adopted. Hear their stories. Uh, understand that no two stories are alike. And so you're going to hear horror stories. You're going to hear dream stories. Uh, and it gives, it's good for information, but God's going to give you your own story, and He's going to provide all along the way to what you say yes to. I imagine, just listening to your story, that this has been one of the most difficult and yet most beautiful things you've ever done. Is there a little bit of that kind of, uh, you, you know, I'm more tired than I've ever been, I'm more satisfied than I've ever been? Is it, uh, is that kind of all in there at once? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there are things— Again, I've said yes to something I didn't see coming. I feel like I'm, I'm eating a steak I did not order, uh, but it's rich. I had, would never have anticipated that I'd be 50 years old with a two-year-old. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're more tired. Uh, what it takes to do life is harder than ever, but life is just incredibly full and incredibly rich. And, um, you know, and that's true for who, whatever the Lord calls you to do when yeah. you find yourself in the middle of it. You know, our story really isn't about having 10 kids. Most people will never do that. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. To be truthful, the church, not everybody has to, to make a massive impact on the world. Yeah. Uh, but I think in a way, the Lord, if you're going to lead something, the Lord calls you to it to the extreme level. So you could look at others and just say, hey, you can do this. Man. 
Well, I so uh, so love your story, Randy. I appreciate you sitting down with us, and and just so appreciate you as well. Thank you for leading this area. I I know, just so feel the pleasure of the Lord on on not only what you're doing, but this issue of really saying what are we going to do to take care of those um, that need to be taken care of. So I just so appreciate you taking the lead in that. How do people uh, find out more about you, about Zoe's House Adoption Agency? How do people get connected? Uh, where can they go for all that? Yeah, uh, best place would be to go to zoeshouseadoptions.com, zoeshouseadoptions.com. And I have since uh, taken a church and pastoring, and my wife is the executive director. My wife, Kelsey, you can connect with her there. Uh, you can find me... Uh, probably easiest on Twitter or Instagram at uh, rbolender. That's probably the easiest way. Well, we'll make sure to have all that up as well on our website with a link to all of those things. Randy, we're really excited about you coming to be a part of the conference here in Sacramento. Excited to be able to hang out with you guys and have you with us. Very excited to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, well, listen, if you want to hear more about Randy or find out all the links we talked about, they'll be on our website. Make sure you check them out. Hungry for more? Subscribe to the Jesus Culture Sacramento podcast. Hear weekly sermons from Jesus Culture's local church in Sacramento, California. Search Jesus Culture Sacramento on iTunes. We are so excited to have Kim with us in studio. And you're Mm -hmm. not just by yourself. No. You have with you your little baby girl. Maisie. Yeah. She's so cute. First baby on the podcast. This is our first first baby guest. So hopefully she'll have some good stuff to say. Let's hope. Let's hope it's good stuff. Is she a quiet baby? She She talks quite a bit. She's she's a quiet baby and a peaceful baby. She's really chill. I got to tell you how chill she is because we just were meeting before this recording in the, in my office and she was in there and I brought my dog this little mini Australian shepherd to work today it's a longer story of why this dog's at work but Banning, I just shake my head he was she Sunny <laughs> was with us today and this little girl loves dogs Aww. like was yeah. so smiling big and then Kim and this is how Giggling. you know this <laughs> is how you know Kim's from Oregon and a hippie <laughs> so every once in a while you notice this is the honest truth every once in a while you watch Kim and go Wow, you really are a hippie. Like you're uh, at, at your heart of hearts, That's you would awesome. live in the woods in a homestead with your own well and like making your own clothes. I do have my own well. You would, you Kim, would, well, we'll get you'd into make Kim your has own chickens. No, and you'd make your own soap. You'd make your own clothes. This is how she'd live because she puts, she puts Maisie on the ground and. Sunny comes up and just full on is going to t- licking her ear, oh, licking her cheek. Start. She only stopped her when she licked her mouth. Her, oh my like, gosh. She's like, okay, maybe stop them. And <laughs> Maisie doesn't care at all. And Kim's like, this is great. It's good for her. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> so awesome. how you live in it's nature. He- it's healing. Well, it's and yeah, and she was laughing and loving this dog licking all over her. So, so yeah. tell our listeners, See? how old is Maisie? Maisie's six months. And six she's months. your third. Third. And you have yeah. two boys. Two boys, yep. Maisie's the, the third and the last, I will say. Yeah. Third and I'm, the last. I'm going out with a bang because she's just <laughs> yeah. so awesome. Mm, so <laughs> and, good. And how old are your boys? Four and just about to turn three. Bear's birthday is coming up mm, next week. Four, three. Bear, another. I was going to say also <laughs> in the, just, the Oregon just roots, continues to Your boys, up. Wyatt, Bear, Wyatt yeah. and Maisie. Yeah. Those yes. are pretty country names. Those are. It. It, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I admit. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, for a lot of people, uh, obviously people would know who you are if they know Jesus Culture. Um, 
But uh, a lot of people may not know the history. You've been with us a long time. Forever. Started. You had just turned 18, mm-hmm. moved to Reading, and uh, got involved in the youth group and uh, were leading worship and mm-hmm. leading little prayer gatherings. And now you've been with us a long time. And not just leading worship, but have been a huge part of kind of shaping and molding and leading uh, the movement and all that's mm-hmm. going on. And it's crazy to think how long we've all been running together. It's kind of bizarre and how young we all were. Yes, and, now, and how old you all are now. And how old we all are now. <laughs> well, listen, we, we, one of the reasons why I was excited to be able to interview you is because we interview a lot of people that I know mm-hmm. that we're friends with, but, but, but not always that I like really know because we've been mm-hmm. in the trenches, done life. Blood, mm-hmm. sweat, tears. Like, let's be honest, uh, you and Joyce Meyer aren't like BFF. Well, I think we are now after the interview. <laughs> I mean, would you, I think so. Have you guys so. been keeping up I on think, Instagram? And- I just kind of, I think the interview went well. And I think that we're close now. <laughs> I haven't received a text or anything from her, but I'm sure, I think maybe she follows yeah, me I'm on sure. some social life, media platform. Life changing for her. Maybe. For her, definitely. For her. She loves you, Kim. She yeah, does. She, she does, does love you. She <laughs> does. I love her too. She loves uh, uh, strong women unite is why. Uh, yeah, we're but, part of a club. Yeah, Kim, here's what I want to jump in today and talk uh, really around the concept of living with emotions is mm-hmm. crazy and as uh, silly as that may sound. I, I, I think that I've seen you navigate. Here's, here's the baby grabbing things and making noises, which is yeah. adorable. It's perfect. It's perfect. I've really seen you through ups and downs mm-hmm. in your relationship with the Lord and walking that out. And one of the things that I've seen you do is the ability to really be gut honest before God. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I watch a lot of people and in their quest to be spiritual, they become dishonest at some level before God. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get before God and they're not really honest with him. Uh, they somehow don't think he can handle questions or... But but you kind of have a little bit of a... You've been on a journey, a little different take, and there are real seasons of your life where you've been really honest with God. Talk a little bit about that, about why it's important that when we come to God, we actually are honest with Him, and uh, maybe why, we, why we're not, why it's important that we do, and then how do we wrestle through that and not stay there? I think the first thing to always remember and keep in our minds that I think that we will forget about when we're feeling like those heightened emotions that suddenly like spring on us is that God... He is so aware of all of those emotions and all of the thoughts that are in there. Um, It's funny, you know, I have my two toddler boys and I'm right in the middle of experiencing the, they think they're being sneaky or they think they're hiding something. And (laughs) it's like um, in plain sight, you know, there's no, there's no sneakiness or hiding with mama. Like I see (laughs) everything and they, they're laughing hysterically because they think they've really pulled one over on me. And I think sometimes we can be that same way with God. We think that we have hidden something inside of us, or we think that we've shoved it back in a dark corner in our heart. Or we think that we're somehow, um, we need to present ourselves a certain way to him. And so we want to kind of push things away and forgetting that he sees all of it. He's aware of all of it. And he, he knows all of that that's going on inside of us. And I think that God wants us to just be who we are because he loves us just who we are and how we are. And I think that, um, especially with the people around us and people we're leading. Um, I think that people want authenticity. Mm -hmm. You know, don't we all want that in our relationships, in our friendships? Uh, We just want 
the authentic. And, and you can kind of feel and tell when someone is kind of holding back or not really, you know, being who they are, being 100% like just mm-hmm. this is me or a little uncomfortable or whatever it is. And I think that we all kind of crave that in our relationships is the, the authenticity of just this is me and, yeah. and being accepted and, and loved in, in your authenticity. Kim, a couple of years ago at uh, Jesus Culture Conference LA, you, you were preaching and um, you were sharing very vulnerably, very mm-hmm. honestly about a loss you had just gone through. You had lost your, your stepdad, mm-hmm. who was very much like a father more yeah, than anything yeah. to you. And um, it was kind of the first time I heard you talk candidly about like, I am angry with God and, mm-hmm. and you were letting him have your emotions and you mm-hmm. created, uh, do you remember the analogy you used about like your messy home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you share that again and, and kind of talk through yeah. that journey? Yeah. Well, okay. So years and years and years ago when I was um, going through a lot of uh, like inner healing, just it was kind of like the time in my life when the Lord was like developing some of that, some of those like core values and pillars inside of me that kind of like shaped who I am today. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the moments of um, inner healing with the Lord was when um, I, I had this this moment where where Jesus, I felt like He came into the room, and I I had had all this built up anger inside of me towards Him, but I had never, ever actually let it out or release that. And I kept kind of hiding that and kind of keeping that away and kind of this like, I I can't let Jesus see this anger that I have towards Him or this Mm -hmm. frustration. And in this moment, I literally uh, could not hold it in anymore. It just came out my my anger and I I told Jesus exactly how I felt and I was stunned in that moment to find Jesus just moved towards me mm. and love me and put his arms around me and it literally had no effect on the way that he treated me I didn't I didn't encounter a Jesus that wanted to punish me or or discipline me, teach me a lesson or or fire anger back at me wow. the things that I kind of expected mm-hmm. and that that put inside of me uh, this confidence that Jesus can handle my emotions and mm-hmm. how I feel. So fast forward, you know, to all these years later, and my stepdad, who was dad in my life, he's passed away, and I'm feeling all of this anger and frustration. He was sick for a long time. He had Parkinson's disease. He had it for like 11, 12 years. And we had prayed all the time and asked God to heal him. And of course, this is what we believe about God. Mm -hmm. And we've seen miracles. We've seen people get healed. And for whatever reason, he didn't get healed. He Mm -hmm. didn't get the miracle. And it was really hard, even as a worship leader, to walk up on the stage and to be leading worship and singing songs filled with lyrics that make these, you know, declarations of who God is and feeling the struggle and the battle inside of me Mm -hmm. of, but I didn't see that. And do I still believe this? And Feel I was like when you were talking about the the analogy I made with the messy house. I I am a little bit of a perfectionist, or maybe a lot a bit of bit? a perfectionist. I could feel the judgment <laughs> coming over here from Danny. I'm just like, how self unaware can we be? That's what all perfectionists. Think. I, I'm a I am a bit. just a little bit. I mean, there are other people way worse than I am. 
I want my house clean all the time, <laughs> which is crazy with toddlers. But my boys, they know mama runs a tight ship. Yeah. Everything has a place. We have a playroom so that, you know, toys and mess can live there. But toys and mess cannot live outside of the playroom. Otherwise, mama can't quite handle it. You're a woman after my own heart, Kim. Yes. You really are. <laughs> yes. See? And um, I felt like here I was in my my messy house, like everything's a mess. My, my thoughts, the feelings, what's in my heart. And I feel Jesus knocking on the door. Kim, let me in. Kind of like you, Kim, you know, we've done this before, you mm-hmm. know, let me in. And I'm going, I can't let Jesus into this mess. Like the King of Kings, like into my messy I, house. Yes. I got to like clean this up. I got to get this nice and straight and organized. And so I feel like I'm running around like a mad woman trying to gather these pieces of my heart and polish them off and get everything clean. And, you know, like if someone's coming over and you don't have time to clean, you're like, if I throw a blanket over this, maybe it will look okay. <laughs> yes. Or if throw I shove this in a closet or a dark corner or whatever it is. And it felt like that's what I was doing was more just shuffling things around or trying mm-hmm. to cover things up. And when I finally realized like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't cover it up. I can't hide it. And I just let him in. It was that same thing that happened all those years before. It was this, the same Jesus that came and just met me right where I was mm. and wanted to just be in the mess with me. Like oh, not afraid so of the good. mess, like not, he didn't walk in with a, wow, it is disgusting around here. Or, you know, geez, Kim, when's the last time you showered? Or, you wow. know, it's not like all the things that you think in your head you're going to be met with. And and then it was funny because as I'm like kind of in this moment with the Lord and, and I'm realizing like all of his love is there with me in this moment, I kind of laugh like, right? Like you, you already saw this. Like I feel like you're standing outside the door knocking, but the reality is that you're already there with me. Like you, you already see all of it. You're already aware of all of it. And I think that we get in our heads, this expectation of how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. And, and we forget about the unconditional love that does meet us right where we are. And, and it's, and it's also a, yeah, I'm aware of this mess. I'm aware of what you're feeling, what you're going through. And I'm aware that we can't leave you in that. A Mm -hmm. lot of the thoughts in your head, a lot of the feelings, they're not necessarily healthy, Mm -hmm. but we're going to work through those and we're going to work through that together. And, and that's where the peace comes in. Like, okay, so I feel a little out of control, but you're here with me and you're going to help me work through this and not, not leave me in it either. And he's also not saying, and it's totally fine. Yeah. Just go ahead and keep thinking all negative like that. Right. <laughs> he's saying, oh, no, we're going to address that. But he wants to do it with us. Yes. Yeah, that's so good. Talk about that a little bit because I have a high value. I Obviously, I'm not as emotional or like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wired a little bit different than that. But... I, I, I definitely see in the Psalms like a deep wrestling at the beginning mm-hmm. of a Psalm, but then David or whoever else gets to that place where they're mm-hmm. coming out the other side. They're not stuck where they are. I think so many people like don't want to go down this road because they're like, ah, if we really give people permission mm-hmm. <laughs> to do that, that they're going to sit in the pity party. They're going to feel, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to kind of get stuck there. Mm-hmm and not actually move past that. Uh, talk about that a little bit, about how how do we make sure we don't stay there? Like, it's okay to be there. Mm-hmm. It's okay to go like, God, I am mad or angry or confused mm-hmm. or hurt or all that stuff. But what you just described, uh, yeah. God going like, yes, 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 and hey, I, I don't want to stay here. Um, 
how, how do we get there? How do we make sure that we don't just linger? Because I, I don't know how long the season is. At some level, it's like, hey, there are seasons of wrestling. Yeah. It just shouldn't be a life style of wrestling. Right. Yeah, right. And I think, you know, the length of the season, first of all, I think people should give everyone the grace that that's between you and God. Now, if I have a friend and I see that they're in a hard season, but I see the wallowing or the self-pity mm, yeah. or whatever it is, I'm going to call them out on it just like I would hope someone would call me out on that. That's probably like the first thing you have to remember in those seasons, like to help you not stay in that yeah. is if you do get to a place where it, it is turning into more of like, I've just laid down in this and I've given mm. up or I'm wallowing or there is the self-pity or whatever it is and you're feeling hopeless. That's when you need someone who can speak into your life and kind of like, hey, come yeah. on, like, don't don't be going there. Don't be acting like that. So um, the, the people that, you know, call you out, that sort of thing. But so As, you're, you're welcome, Becky. Thank you you're so welcome. much. Wow, I'm just, you're welcome for being that in your I'm life. I'm just writing down my are you, blessings right now. Are you right thinking now? like, I'm so grateful for being in my life as Kim's talking? Yeah. Continue. Oh, my word. Continue. It's fantastic. So the other thing, you know, as a worship leader, I was just talking to a, a fellow worship leader about this the other day. It's interesting you bring up the Psalms because the Psalms, you know, David especially, he he's very open and very yeah. frank with his emotions yes. and his emotions are all over the place. And you want to talk about being dramatic. It's like oh, super gosh. dramatic and I'm dying. It's the end <laughs> of the world. Yes. The sky is falling yes. on me. Like it's really big emotions, but it's always followed by, yes. but you God yes. or, but then God, yeah. but I know God, it's yes. always followed by the hope and the promise and the thing that we know and hold on to. And so as a worship leader, you know, I, I remember one time after I was done leading a set, my sister came up to me and she said, Kim, I felt like you were singing your diary. And, wow. and she she knows me and what I've been walking through and everything. And in that particular worship set, she felt like I was just singing out my diary, like, like I'd written out all of the emotions I have with the Lord. And I think that as a worship leader, for me in particular, I think that's one of my favorite things to do and, and what maybe makes me a little bit different as a worship leader because I don't try to hide where I'm at, all of my emotions. Like I just put it all out there. And I think people really connect with that and connect with that authenticity and they, they want to be led with that. But I never, ever, ever leave it in that place. Like if mm -hmm. I, I, I know that my job as a worship leader is to lead people into the presence of God. I know that my job is to help people connect to him. And it's not going to help people connect to him if I'm singing about the horrible hard season I'm in and then just leave it there. And so <laughs> I can't do that. Like no one's going to connect to God yeah. in that. They're going to go, uh, and, and so life sucks. <laughs> right. And so I think that's the most amazing thing that we can do in those times is Yes, this is where it is, or it hurts. It hurts right now. I'm mm -hmm. in pain right now, but I know that God is holding on to me. I know that he has a plan that is so sure, and it's not going to fail. I know that he is faithful to every promise. Like anytime as like a worship leader, I go into that mode. I make sure that it's always followed by who God is and singing out the promises and the declarations. And I don't ever feel bad about 
whether or not I believe it in that moment. Mm. Because that's the other thing. Like people will say things like, you know, maybe they're processing their emotions and they they somehow maybe feel like they're being disingenuous mm. to speak out these things that they don't really believe in the moment or they're yeah. wrestling. And I that's when I just have to say, but that is not truth. And I think mm. that that's the plan of the enemy to keep you in that place, yeah. to keep you locked up in that place of pain. I think that you have to be able to declare those things, even when you don't feel them or believe them. And be honest, Jesus knows. Jesus isn't sitting there like, wow, I'm so shocked. Like <laughs> you said that and you don't believe it. Like, I think he knows where you're at and the wrestling and he he can handle that because he knows the outcome. He knows the truth. He knows where you're going to land. We're we're completely given to him, surrendered to him. I know that I'm there in the palm of his hand and I I know what the outcome is going to be. I know I'll get to the other side. It's just the in between. <laughs> the wrestling going, "Okay, I'm with with my dad. I'm going God, you are the healer and you do heal and you are faithful to your promises. That is not what I saw with him. Mm. And that was really painful. And I'm having a hard time believing the things that I'm saying right now, but I know that they're still true. Yeah, it doesn't Regard- make them yeah. untrue. Yes, regardless of my emotions and feelings. And that's the thing that we have to be mature enough to, to recognize is that our emotions are fleeting. Mm-hmm. Our emotions, they they don't last all the time and they change all the time. They're, they're not stable, but God is. His promises are. His word is. That is the one thing that is more true and stable than anything yeah. else. And that's why we have to declare that. We have to hold on to that. We have to move towards that. And it's not being a liar or disingenuine to speak it out even when you don't feel it or experience it. That's so good. I think as you mentioned that, something that comes up for me is I think as I've walked with you and seen the depth, the, the power that you have as a worship leader at some level is to really be able to connect emotionally at a deep level with something mm-hmm. and to be able to sing that, express that, to be able to connect the people through that. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to use your emotions in a powerful way and yet at the same time having to navigate you know, somebody said one time, I forget who it was, but like your 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 emotions make a great servant, a horrible master. Mm-hmm. So as we're mm-hmm. kind of talking to people out there and they're like, wow, I, I have permission to be emotional. I have permission to kind of find out what's going on mm-hmm. inside there, come before God with that, lead and live from a place of that. Mm-hmm. But also understanding that there's an other side of these things that all of a sudden mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think that truth is found in however I'm feeling, uh, uh, pointing this stuff at people. I don't even fully know the question to ask around that, but what advice do you give people to say, listen, yes, embrace that stuff, be okay with that stuff, but also... (laughs) The thing coming to my head right now is me and Skylar. We have like (laughs) (laughs) wrestled through this. Becky might know what I'm talking about a little bit. Like the wrestling through, I need to be able to express my emotions. <laughs> deeply, like yes. you feel deeply, both yes. high and low. Yes. yes, and I need to be able to express that. So here's an example. Say I was you know, out somewhere and something happened, has nothing to do with Skylar, and it really affected me, like really hurt me or maybe made me really mad. And I come home and I'm like, oh my word, Skylar, this just happened, this, and I can't believe this person, and it makes me so mad, and he's like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. Uh, I'm yelling pretty at this sure situation. You are. <laughs> I'm yelling at 
this person that isn't even in the room right now it has nothing to do with you. And he's like, but, but you're yelling at me. And he's like, this hurts. I'm like, why does this hurt you? <laughs> I don't understand. About you. This has nothing to do with you. And he's like, okay, I want to help you. I'm yelling you. at this situation. <laughs> you're just standing in front of me. <laughs> Never heard and that before. You got between me. And you the got situation. between me and the situation yes. I'm yelling at. Yes, and he's saying, "I I want to help you, but I feel like I'm getting hurt right now with all of your crazy emotions." And then I instantly would start to feel like, "See, see, I can't express myself. I can't let my. I just have to box everything in. Totally. I got to hold it all in, and finding the middle ground of, okay, you're right." I need to be able to like process, but I can't just lash out at you. Mm. And even in my head when I'm going, but it's not at you, but just respecting the fact that that's how I made you feel. And then I went, oh, that's how I made you feel. So you have feelings too. This, okay. is, why our, this is why our husbands need a support group. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I, and I suddenly realized like, okay, so... My acting this way has brought about a negative emotion in you, which is not what I want. And I am sitting here wanting you to care about how I feel, but I'm not showing you right now that I care about yeah. how you feel and yeah. how I'm making you feel. Mm -hmm. This is why nobody should be an island. This yeah. is why nobody should be trying to do any of this alone. There's no like step-by-step, -step, like the bottom line is your emotions should not control you. Yep. You should control your emotions. But the only way that you're going to really probably be able to gauge when that's happening, especially if you are someone who has very big emotions and a high need to express them, like myself, mm -hmm. is if you have people around you who will hold you accountable. I can't even fathom that I would have ever gotten a hold of this in my life had it not been for Skylar, for Banning, mm -hmm. for my friends, like for people who would go, whoa, 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 like don't, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, like, yes, we want to help you with this. Yes, we want to process with you, but it's not fun when you're just spewing out anger or you're, or letting your emotions get the best of you or the one you would always confront me on. I had a really bad morning and I walk in and everyone knows it. And you're going, yeah. Kim, you're a big person in our environment. You walk in the room in a bad uh. mood and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, what did I do? Is she okay? Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, why would they assume it was them? Right. And you're like, you're a big person. You're an influencer. Why would yeah. they assume? <laughs> talk, talk about this because I actually love this. Even for the podcast, both of you guys are probably in a similar spot with this, but because so much of our, I really think so much of our growth as individuals is just becoming self-aware, understand the impact we're having on other people, caring, you know, yeah. caring about part of love is I'm caring about, I'm caring about the impact I'm having. But what I found with you, what I found even with you, Becky, is, is like somehow when you, when, when you would say like, Hey, those are your emotions, but, um, like you hate anything that feels fake mm -hmm. or disingenuous. Or you're just I like, do. I just don't want, I just, I, I just, I am not fake. Yeah. And so somehow like, well, this is what I feel right now. Mm -hmm. And so that's why this is what's on my face. <laughs> um, and, oh my and the ability to go like, you could put a smile on your face. It's not what I feel right now. <laughs> How did you get to that point where just understand, even with Skylar, like, oh, okay, like I can actually, it's not fake. Yeah to put a smile on my face, even yeah. though I may not d 
deep because you you just are a deeply feeling person. Yeah. And again, I think it's one of the reasons why your worship is so powerful. It's just such a deep yeah. uh, a well of emotion connected to it in a powerful mm-hmm. way. So so what's your advice to people? Again, I don't fully get it, right? Yeah. This is partly why I love it on the podcast because I'm like, I don't even I don't fully get that experience. Mm-hmm. But what's your advice for that? Well, the first thing is being able to like in those moments talking about walking in the room and going like, but I don't, I have, a, I had a really bad morning and I don't feel good, but being able to like say <laughs> to, to the, the team, you know, in the meeting or whatever, go, Hey guys, just want you to know, I had a really bad morning has nothing to do with any of you. I'm going to do and my best. And I don't best. know why you think that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And just saying, I'm going to do my best to pull out of it right now. Mm-hmm. But I just want to like let everyone know. And already like that immediately disarms everyone. Totally. Okay, cool. We know what's going on. But also to be able to like speak that out as well kind of helped me like almost like a burden lifted off my shoulders totally. and like okay, I can start pulling myself right, out of this. Right. And I sometimes that's all it is like I just need a little bit of time to like pull myself out of it. But the other thing was just getting to the point of deciding this is the kind of person I want to be. I really want to be the best version of myself. I want to be a really good leader. I want to be someone that people want to follow, want to be around, want to learn from, want to connect with, want to love. <laughs> like I, that's the kind of person I want to be. And in making that decision, I just kind of had to lay down my own selfish desires of Mm-hmm. my need first and my first need is to express that emotion and go right. I need to care about Skylar's needs I need to care about other people's needs which are please don't yell at me or <laughs> please please don't <laughs> frown oh my gosh. Yeah, like, and just just going I I need to care about how I make people feel like that's just the bottom line like just making up your mind that I can be a better person. I can be a better version of yeah. myself. I'm not going to be perfect, but I can be better. And and this is why, you know, so much of this stuff, you think, well, I, how does this deal with my spirituality and my growth? One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Exactly. Yeah, I talk to myself about this. It, it's that thing of like, no, no, I am in control of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the spirit of God inside of me, one of the fruits is that I'm in control of myself. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and then it's not just, and, and not just for those that are deeply emotional for, whoever, like, no, one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Well, I I really appreciate you just coming in. I I think the ability just to sit down and just kind of go like, yes, we wrestle. Yes, we've had to walk through this. Yes, because there's so many people out there. They might be like me who um, uh, don't fully connect at that level of like that deep emotional thing, but, Mm -hmm. but are either growing in it or, or it pops up in other areas of our life or are Mm -hmm. connected to people. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, that are walking that, or people that actually are in your shoes that go, oh my gosh, that's me. So I, I appreciate just coming in and just opening up. As I'm listening to this, I'm I'm going, oh, I hope all the Kims and Beckys listening, you know, those <laughs> those deeply emotional people. Because what what happened for me is, I just you know you said this is why it's so important we're not islands, but so many personality types like us are mm-hmm. because people are terrified. Mm-hmm. They're pushing people away, but they don't know why. Like, why aren't you coming near me? And you're like, well, you're exploding mm-hmm. your emotions all over I me. I just need somebody to come near. <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. they're afraid. And, and yeah. just what you said, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I hope our listeners are really taking that to heart that your emotions are beautiful. And I love the, the picture you paint where <laughs> Jesus is like, I know the mess is there mm-hmm. and I'm okay. 
and the mess isn't okay, but we're going to clean it up together in, in that perfectionist mindset of, I've got to do it myself. I've got to do it myself. And Jesus is like, let me in and let me help you clean it up and straighten things out and get in there with you. So, so powerful. I was just thinking about, Banning, you said the people who maybe like you don't necessarily feel that the big emotions or mm-hmm. whatever. And I was just... Um, thinking about the people listening who might be that way, but be like, oh, but I'm married to someone like that. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, I, I know what you're talking about. That's not me, but I'm married. So, or, or maybe they have a friend that way or whatever. And I was just thinking, um, I, I know this couple, good friends. And uh, after she'd had her baby, she was dealing with some postpartum depression things. And and that that's something that I struggled with after bear. And that's like, you know, crazy emotions out of control. Your 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 hormones are all off, so you're you're just struggling in your head mentally, emotionally. It's very difficult. And we we're all at a um, like a get together, and he had come, but she hadn't. And I asked, "Hey, how's she doing? You know, how how's things going?" And he said, "Well, she's having a really hard time, and it's been you know kind of crazy." And he's talking about, it and he said, "But you know, I just decided I'm just I'm not going to feed that. So if she starts getting whatever, I'm not going to feed it, and I just back <laughs> off. And I'm like, I'm not going to feed that that negative." Thought thought right now, that negative, you know, I'm not going to partner with that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's really this good. This is where like, community comes in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's really good that you you recognize, hey, you know, your wife is believing some lies right now and you don't want to feed that. That's good. But what does Jesus do with you? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, when you're struggling and you're not doing yeah, good, what good. does Jesus do with you? Wow. And he's like, well, he, he's there. I'm like, Jesus meets you where you are, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, does Jesus require that you like change everything before he meets with you? Mm. And he's like, no. And I said, so what do you think your wife needs from you right now? And he's like, oh man, I got to meet her where she is. And I was yeah. like, mm. yes. And it, that doesn't she mean She needs that- me not to feed the bear. That's what she <laughs> needs. <laughs> but, and that's exactly... And I, I told him about, you know, the, the messy house, like Jesus coming in, he met me where I am, but there was also the, but we're not going to stay this way. I'm going to meet you here. I'm, I'm in this with you and I'm, I'm going to feel, I'm going to be empathetic. I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear your emotions. I, I, and I'm going to even validate your emotions. Like, yeah, you're scared. You're, you're sad. You're whatever it is, but we're not going to stay that way. And I'm going to help you work through this. And I think that's what people are afraid of if they meet somebody where they're at, that it gives excuse or license to just Mm -hmm. sit in the mess. And that's what we're saying. No, Jesus is not about that. Yeah, (laughs) right. So good, Kim. I love it. Well, Kim, sure appreciate you coming, sitting down with us and just love you. Open up your life and being open and honest and vulnerable. There's just so much depth to that. So Everyone probably thinks, wow, the baby's so quiet, but we handed her off. Someone's holding the baby. Yes. Somebody. Somebody somewhere. Yeah, she really By the time there. you have your third kid, though, you're like, whatever. Somebody's holding the baby somewhere. <laughs> the dog's licking the Some baby. Some guy somewhere, but it'll be all be fine. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, thanks so much, Kim. You guys can connect with Kim on Instagram at Kim Walker Smith, and we'll have all that stuff posted. She posts really cute pictures of her kids, mm-hmm. so you really mm-hmm. got to make sure you guys check those out. Her uh, country, Oregon, hippie kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for joining us for episode four of the Jesus Culture podcast, the first episode of 2018, starting the year off um, with some inspiring stuff for you. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We are excited to come back in two weeks with Danny Silk, and we have a great episode coming up for that. So make sure you're subscribed, 
letting all your friends know, leave a review for us as always. Connect with us on social media at JC Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can go to encounter18.com for more information on the Sacramento Conference, the Manchester Conference. See who's yeah. speaking, the schedule, all about Q pop up. So encounter18.com or you can go to jesusculture.com. You can find your way there as well. We would love to see you come join us. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you guys next time.